Roots podcast, a holistic approach to living your best life. Listen along as we give our unique perspectives on topics that create the living roots of your life and how it all connects to make up who you are. Welcome back, you guys, to episode 15 of the Living Roots podcast. It's Stacy and Danielle here, and today we're going to talk to you about raw milk. So most of you guys know, if you've listened to pretty much any of our podcast, <laughs> I like to talk about it. Um, this year, we got our first dairy cow. Her name is Daisy, um, and she's amazing, except for when she runs away like a dog. So, <laughs> yes. so every now and then, she, she's a little <laughs> mischievous, and we'll, we'll kind of get out of her paddock and go into other paddocks or into I our saw driveway that yeah I was like why a how did you get over here yeah, and that's B, what I was why? <laughs> how like we're still trying to find where this giant animal has found some little hole right. or, or space to like get it, through it makes sense when the goats get out because they're yeah. small but like a cow is not small <laughs> yes it, we are still trying to figure that out she's magic cow yes <laughs> she's a naughty cow but um aside from that she's the best she um we got her in december i want to say right i think it was december yeah yep because it december no, november december it was right around there um so yeah so we're just going to talk a little bit about raw milk the benefits some facts clear up some myths yeah. Um, all of that. And then um, I will talk a little bit about just the process of getting milk and keeping it healthy and all that good stuff. So I will let Danielle start. Cool. So from a nutrition like kind of perspective, um, raw milk is a complete food. So, okay, so what is raw milk, first of all? Raw just means that it's not pasteurized. Um, so that means that all of the essential enzymes and the beneficial bacteria haven't been destroyed by the pasteurization process. Um, and the essential enzymes are important because they're what's needed to help your body be able to digest and then absorb the nutrients that are in any food, but we're specifically talking about milk. Um, so raw milk has been shown to lower inflammation, decrease childhood allergies and asthma, prevent bone loss, promote weight loss, restore gut health and improve metabolic functioning, which if you're listening to that, that sounds like the complete opposite of basically anything you've ever heard about milk or dairy, like dairy's inflammatory and yep. dairy like destroys your gut and dairy, like just all of the opposite things of, of everything that I just listed. So We'll talk about that a little bit later <laughs> because raw milk and dairy milk in general has definitely been um, like demonized and that happens a lot in our food culture of like sugar is bad and dairy is bad and meat is bad and all of these things and it's like who told you that and why are they saying that? What is the quality of that food? What is the sourcing of that food? That all has such a huge impact on your body's ability to utilize to digest to to you know get the nutrients and everything out of it so um that's definitely where like talking with Stacy and like owning a dairy cow I mean not everyone has the ability to own a dairy cow <laughs> but that's where like sourcing and quality definitely play a huge huge factor in everything which is that seems to be like a theme that we <laughs> that we talk about um, but raw milk contains a balanced ratio of fats, carbs, and protein. So if you do anything of like 
if you know what macros are, we, we kind of covered that a little bit, I think in our real food episode. Yeah. Um, but those are like the macronutrients, like the three main categories. So it's a perfect food and that it has a balanced ratio of all those fats, carbs, and proteins. It's rich in minerals like calcium, magnesium, potassium, iron, selenium, um, vitamins A, certain B vitamins, K and D, and a lot of fat soluble vitamins, which you can't get from vegetables. Or if you do, they're not a fat soluble um, version. And so your body isn't able to process them and to use them as well. They're not as bioavailable. So this makes it a really great blood sugar regulator because it provides the right amount of sugars to maintain good energy. It has the proteins for recovery and the fat for increased um, satiety, which means like you stay fuller longer. Um, A lot of people will actually use milk or especially chocolate milk as like a post uh, post workout recovery drink because it has all three of those macronutrients and such a good balance and then just adding in like a little bit of cacao and maybe a little bit of like sweetener and making like a post workout chocolate milk drink which is like I would much rather drink that yeah <laughs> I make that my post-workout like things. bedtime snack like when I used to be a huge like nighttime snacker like mm-hmm. I'd do great all day and then I would lay in bed and be like "Ooh, like what can I totally blow the whole day <laughs> with you know what kind of snack can I just ruin it all <laughs> um and I actually turned that into the chocolate milk which I started making for the kids you know and then you were like, like oh, oh the this kids is delicious. love it yeah but I think one day like they didn't finish it so I took a sip and I was like "Ooh, dang <laughs> so I just do obviously the raw milk I add some cacao powder and um uh, maple syrup. Yeah. And perfect. that's it. And just store it in the fridge and it is so good. Yes. And bedtime snacks are actually really important for your body, which a lot of people, again, with these like food and like dietary rules that we've been like ingrained with that aren't actually backed in any kind of science <laughs> are like, stop eating, you know, after the sun goes down and yeah. like, you shouldn't be eating up to like three hours before you go to bed. And like your body uses so much energy at night because that's your recovery and your rest and like your restore. So even though you're just laying there, you're not physically doing anything like your body is working really, really hard for you. And so you're naturally like in a fasting state while you're sleeping. So making sure that you have provided your body with enough nutrients so that it has the energy to do all of those really good and important things for you all night long is really important. And then that's where making sure that you're getting up and you're eating something within 30 minutes of waking to break that fast is super important too because now your body's running on stress hormones and so you need to be able to stop that and like help your metabolism keep going and all the things so but just to be tangent just to be clear (laughs) we're not we're not saying Oreos and chips and the things that I would go to. Like a healthy, balanced nighttime snack before you go to bed. Yeah. The past few years hasn't been Oreos and stuff like that, but it would be like the healthier cookie that I got from the store or (laughs) whatever. The organic Oreos. The organic Oreos that I've again (laughs) talked about a bunch of times. They're organic. Um, (laughs) They have to be good. So yeah, so I would just do, I would do that, but then I replaced it with the healthy chocolate yeah, milk. Yeah, which so. is a really good And our kids option. crave it. They walk around there with like their cups and they're like, healthy chocolate milk, healthy chocolate milk, or yeah. daisy milk, daisy milk. So yeah. Sage cute. calls it moo. Moo. <laughs> daisy <that>. moo. <laughs> love it. Um, but that, so that's a good point when we're talking about like, um, you're craving it. So we have like demonized, I'm going to talk about that here in a second. Um, but we've like demonized dairy, right? But then you have people who are saying, you know, 
once you're past the age of like seven or like adults definitely don't need to be like drinking milk. Like mm-hmm. that's not a normal, like normal adults aren't drinking like human breast milk still. So like, why would you be drinking the milk from another cow? Yet you're having these like dairy cravings and yet you're trying to like make these milk substitutes out of like nuts and like oats yeah. and like you're, milk. you're trying to create these alternatives because you still have that. And like cravings are so important in your body because it's like your body's telling you what it needs and you can give it what it needs. And of course, like if you're craving like chips or like <laughs> the Oreos or whatever, like you need to figure out what, what your body like really you can needs. Fight that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's fight a good fight. <laughs> totally not the same thing. But um, if you think about food in its like most natural form, your body's gonna be able to get the most out of it. Like it's more, it's called bioavailable. Your body's gonna be able to utilize it. Your body's gonna be able to get all of those good nutritional things from it without most of the like like side effects or or um, not even side effects, but like those like kind of um, intolerances or issues. Sorry, we're just laughing because my cat is trying to break into our office right now. <laughs> sticking her little paw under the door. <laughs> Slight interruption. Bobby the barn cat yeah. is in the house, in the house. <laughs> for the podcast. Bougie cat. Oh, she does that all the time too. We're up here like trying to be serious. It's and because you're like, allergic hey. to her. I know. It's the only reason she wants to come in here. She's like, let me make you sneeze. <laughs> hey, friend. Crazy. Uh, okay. So why has milk specifically been demonized. So there are a few points I'm going to make. So due to the pasteurization process that I talked about earlier, how it destroys some of those essential enzymes and vitamins, most modern dairy then has to be fortified. Um, the FDA requires dairy to have like certain amounts of those nutrients. And so if they're taking out the natural ones, then they're going to have to replace them. Um, but usually they're going to do that with a synthetic vitamin and then like other fillers. And so that usually is what your body is like, I don't know what to do with this. And we talked about this a little bit, I think in talking about like supplements themselves, like if your supplementation is coming from like synthetically, like your body doesn't know what to do with that. And it's not going to be available in the same form as it would be from something like milk, Um, like the natural you know, vitamins and minerals and all the things that were intended to be in there for a purpose. So, but that that kind of hits on like the whole marketing scam that we've again talked about a bunch of times. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you read the label on a gallon of milk in the store, it's like, well, look, it has all these vitamins and so much calcium and all this is going to be so good for my kids or for us. And that kind of dupes people into thinking that it's good for you. Meanwhile, your body actually isn't absorbing those vitamins nearly as good as what you think they are, if at all. all. (laughs) Yeah. And... The process of what that milk has gone through to get to that store has literally turned it into complete junk. Right. Um, and I and I think that's where the pasteurization kind of came from um, is, you know, like when we pick up milk from you, you write the date that it was milked on and then the, the date by which to make sure that you drink it or use it by. Yep. And Seven it's like days. a small window. Seven yeah. Days. And so in order to in our like booming society where we've gotten further and further from how our food um, is like normally grown and we're not connected with our farmers and all these things like 
you have to make things last longer. So that's where fillers come in and Mm -hmm. preservatives and all these things. And so by heating up the milk to a really high temperature and killing off the bad bacteria, you're also killing off air quotes. Yes. Air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) You're also killing off the good bacteria too. And so, um, but what, what that's doing is that's making it to where you can, you know, buy milk from the store and keep it in your fridge for like three weeks. We call that dead milk. Yeah. Just because now everything that is in is dead. All those good life cultures, yep. those probiotics, all of that. That's why a lot of people who have like a milk intolerance can still eat cheese or they can still eat yogurt and that doesn't bother them because a lot of those live things are still in there. Um, but milk has just been in like the homogenization process mm-hmm. where the purpose of that is to just like, okay, so like when we buy milk from you, I have to shake it every yep. time before we pour it because the fat and the cream rises to the top and then the bottom is what would that be like 2% milk or it's like a It's technically like skim milk. Yeah. Like all a, the fat separates yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. So that's technically skim milk. So, you know, some people who I've never heard anybody like be like, oh, can I get skim milk from you? Cause mm-hmm. you know, the fatty goodness is what people want. Yeah. But if that ever came up, that's how I would have to go about yeah. that. Yeah. And just keep the cream out. But, mm-hmm. um, so obviously it makes it more easy, easy to like sell to people. I don't yeah. know. So it's just, it's just well, all, you were talking all about, of these things. You're talking about the homogenized process. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's the reason that they do that. And yep. so that's where, like, if you see that on the label, like that's what that means. Um, okay. So going back to why it's been demonized. So, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where did I go? But also really quick after you homogenize milk, I, I didn't know this before getting into the milking industry, which <laughs> which is for me and you. Um, yeah. But so um, I obviously, once I was looking into getting a cow, that's when I really started to do my research on yeah. this. Do I have to do all these yeah. things? Yeah. Like, wait a minute. So um, I had no idea that when homogenized milk can seep into your bloodstream and that's where the inflammation comes yeah. from within your body because your body is like, uh, this shouldn't be like in our bloodstream. Like yep. this is crazy. Get this out, fight everything. Yeah. And that's where the inflammation comes from. That to me is, is well, I cannot drink store-bought milk, like just based on that fact alone. I'm like, that gets into your yeah. blood and that's why you get so inflamed. That's disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. Like that, like you're not going in my blood. That's disgusting. And, and again, that's the difference between leaving something in its natural form yeah. where that, that process is not supposed to happen yeah. because the fat is like it changes the the way that like the structure of this is what I have it denatures the proteins and it changes the structure the molecular structure which makes it harder to digest which makes it do those things of mm-hmm. like seeping into places that it shouldn't be and <laughs> yeah. your body's like what the heck am I supposed to do with it like this is not normal mm-hmm. so I'm gonna send you know some. Bobby's back. <laughs> I'm gonna Stupid send cat. <laughs> you know some inflammation because this is not supposed to be happening because you've totally like changed. I mean, you've literally changed the the genetic, like the molecular structure yeah. of what you're consuming. Yeah, it's not how God intended it. Absolutely be. not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of people who have um, like lactose intolerance or any kind of like dairy intolerance can be totally fine with raw milk. Yep. Because especially A two A two, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I just learned the difference between A one and A two um, last night when I was doing a little bit more research. But um, milk can also be demonized in saying that it like causes blood sugar imbalances. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that has to do with like 
the rest of your diet? Like, what else are you eating? Are you eating too many PUFAs, which is a polyunsaturated fatty acid, which includes like nuts and seeds and like processed things? Um, too many raw veggies, especially cruciferous vegetables, because your body can't like break down those on its own. So like things like animals that usually eat those kinds of things have more than one stomach. We have one stomach, like cows have two, right? Or four. Goats have a bunch. Yeah. Goats (laughs) have like seven or something wild. Yeah. And so the, the breakdown process is like much longer in them. Um, so that can lead to like gut issues. Other gut issues can lead to poor ability to digest dairy. So it, Cleaning up like all the areas can also help with any kind of like dairy issue or like dairy might be, you know, getting the blame for something that it's not actually having any kind of effect on. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about lactose intolerance. When someone says they're lactose intolerant, it means that they don't produce lactase, um, which is the enzyme that breaks down lactose. So lactose is the sugar in milk. Um, This is why some people who are lactose intolerant can still eat butter and some cheeses because they don't have any sugar. Um, Raw milk, being the perfect food that it is, contains the perfect balance of lactose and lactase. Mm -hmm. Um, So there again, like I said, some people who have like a dairy intolerance do totally fine with raw milk. Not to say like, oh, I've been lactose intolerant my whole life and now Mm -hmm. I'm going to go chug a gallon of raw milk. Like start slow. Um, reintroducing dairy can definitely, especially if, I mean, we, we've all been there. I definitely was like drinking the nut milks and like not doing dairy for a while because you just, you, you think you're doing the right thing and you think, you know, you're listening to these like healthy people and you know, this is like the trend that's going around or whatever. So many health professionals, whether it was like holistic or not have told me like dairy is the devil and Mm -hmm. like to cut that out. Like people that like, I used to like. Still do, but like, especially back in the day, like really followed and really trusted and people in like the fitness industry that I really looked right. up to, they would swear by it. So we did the same thing. Like right. we just kind of like wrote it off. Like we would have cheese like randomly right. on whatever. Or like ice cream if yeah. you're out or like something. But, but we never like bought milk to drink. And mm-hmm. I remember we tried almond milk and I was like, so this is like white water. Like this <laughs> yeah. is, this is weird. And <laughs> then juice. for a while, Trav liked cashew milk in mm. his coffee. I couldn't stand it. I don't, I don't know why. I was just like, Mm-mm, not for me. Um, I liked the coconut milk. Yeah. I, I, I kind of switched to that. Well, and coconut milk is a good, good. option. Yep. Um, you don't have to like heavily process a coconut. So the thing with nuts and seeds is and again I'm gonna do a nutrition tangent. Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with nuts and seeds is that has definitely been one of those things where it's like nuts and seeds are so good for you and you mm-hmm. should eat them by the handful and we're gonna make milk out of them and we're Ooh. gonna make cheese out of them and we're gonna oils. do all these things. Mm-hmm. The oils. You have to process the crap out of a nut or a seed to get any of those things mm-hmm. out of it. So anytime you're doing that it's going to lead to problems. But if you, okay. So if you think about how easy is it to get like milk out of Daisy, like you just squeeze, you, you just squeeze, like, you know, or you like, you know, modern yeah. farming, you can like put a, um, a pump, a pump. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a breast milk pump. Yep. I mean, that, that would be what I would <laughs> When I yep. first helped her up, I was like, I know how to do this. I'm like, this is great. Um, but it's, it's, it, it's easy to come out. It's meant to come out. You're meant to eat it. 
nuts and seeds, if you look at like an almond tree or um, like a cashew, how you get a cashew, like you have to work, you have to work (laughs) hard to get into that seed. Mm -hmm. That is not the part of the plant that is necessarily meant to be eaten. Mm -hmm. Um, And it contains a lot of energy, but it also the purpose like so if you think about like who eats a lot of like nuts and seeds squirrels and bears will eat a lot of nuts and seeds before they hibernate Mm because they want to slow down their metabolism and they want to have like this bulk conservation of energy if you're not burning through like thousands of calories of energy every day but you're like pounding down handfuls of nuts and seeds like you're not doing your body like any kind of service. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to process it a lot to get to the, the nut milk stage or like mm-hmm. the nut cheese stage, but even just eating it, like your body, there are, there are ways that you can make it more bioavailable. So like you can soak and like sprout your nuts and seeds to like let's start. let's be real. Nobody's, I mean, no. not nobody, but 99% of people are not going to do and that. Most people don't even know yeah. that they should be doing that because that's going to start down the breakdown process to make it a little bit easier on your digestion. The same thing, like I touched on like cruciferous vegetables or eating like a lot of raw vegetables, not necessarily the best thing, which is definitely like you should eat five salads every mm-hmm. day and you're going to be so healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're eating a large quantity of food, but you're not getting all like the the amount or like the nutrients or the satisfaction out of that amount of food that you would be if you were eating like a different kind of protein. Like mm-hmm. there are like you know, like beans or whatever have like a really or kale have like a really impressive like nutritional profile when you look at like the like the the data sheet or whatever. But how much of that is your body actually going to be able to use? Mm -hmm. And that's a huge difference. Um, So eating things as close to their natural state as you can. And then like with vegetables, like you should cook them because we don't have the stomach process or like the digestive process or multiple stomachs to be able to break those down. So you just, you need to be able to eat things the way that they were meant to eat. And then a lot of these like food intolerances and these, you know, these issues and these digestive issues and the things that then like snowball because of those, like it's damaging your gut and then you're having issues with your skin or you're having like whatever the case may be. It really can all boil back to like, is the food that you're eating nutritionally appropriate? Is it like biologically appropriate that you should be eating it? And are you eating it in the right way? Which can sound overwhelming, but if you just like, like do things simply, it's so much easier and it's so much better for your body and like your health. Does yeah. that make sense? No, I feel like I went on a weird tangent. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm actually like learning from it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah that makes sense. Like the whole raw vegetable thing. I didn't really know until you just said that. Well, like, oh, and there are sense. certain vegetables that you totally can and should like raw carrots are I was really just good. Say, carrots. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was on my yeah. mind. I was like, but then they're like, like, Broccoli, which yeah. I, it's funny. I've never loved raw broccoli. I like like steamed or like cooked broccoli, but like they are so, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? My brain doesn't work properly. <laughs> um, but they're, they're really like hard to break down. Mm-hmm. I forget what I for, I don't remember the word I'm trying to think of, but, um, cruciferous vegetables, which is like kale, broccoli, cauliflower, um, like Brussels sprouts, um, like think of it like things are like really thick yeah, and like, like fibrous. Yeah. yeah. Those are really, really hard for you to naturally break down, especially raw. And so that's where you get a lot of like the bloating and like mm. the digestive issues and, um, just like uncomfortable feelings after yeah. you eat it. 
um, is because your your body's like, I can't. Yeah. Like, and then it ends up just like fermenting in your gut, which is not great. So um, making sure that you're eating things like appropriately mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, I guess. Oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So if you want any more information about raw milk, um, you can go to www.realmilk.com and there's a ton of like nutrition information and, um, just kind of like facts and there's their site. They're proven. They're cited. Weston A. Price also has a lot of good information about, um, yeah. raw dairy and like cultural, like, you know, like our, modern day like farming practices and cultural practices are so different from you know what they were and some of these like smaller um like more impoverished um like tribes and cultures and stuff have like better nutrition as far as like this kind of stuff than we Mm -hmm. do and it's like where did that disconnect come from and he does a he had done a lot of work with that so those are two good um resources to look for too but I'm going to stop nerding out <laughs> and I'm going to no, like pass it over to Stacy, and she's going to give us the more, because with a lot of these things, and I, we, I don't think we talked about this while we were recording. I think we were talking about this before we pushed, um, record, but it's quality versus quantity. So pasteurization and all those things make it really easy to have like a high production and to have it be like shelf stable and transportable and you know all of these things but you're really 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 sacrificing the quality and so making sure that um that's what you're prioritizing so if you if you, raw milk can be difficult and it can be technically illegal in some states to pro, like to um procure <laughs> i don't know why i was trying to say that um to like get for yourself a lot of people will try to sell it as like for animal consumption only and the, like you can feed it to your dogs but like obviously people are really giving it to themselves but the raw milk black market there is there's like an underground the underground market yeah because <laughs> you can't make money <laughs> off of this so it's like making it as difficult as possible for you to be healthy which is super cool but um <laughs> so if you don't have access to raw milk like we were saying um like a2a2 milk would be like your next best and if you can find anything that's like not homogenized, mm-hmm. definitely organic. Um, they feed those factory farm, like those factory cows, some crazy SHIT, mm-hmm. like, like, like wild. So that the not things that <clears throat> you I've would heard want of them to getting eat. cereal. Like they weird, get cereal, candy, like candy wrappers weird if it's like stuff. stuck in there. Yeah. A lot of um, slaughterhouses will sell like leftover parts of animals a lot of and this so we're we're going to talk about a holistic pet care episode too in a couple weeks and it's the same thing with like dog food like a lot of like so you well we'll just save that you can look forward to that for in a couple weeks but yeah um and that's really where those are things that you would never consider like is the meat cows don't want meat that's weird no yeah yeah (laughs) um grass no so very strange yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about that later. Um, but, but what Stacy's going to cover is like what we talked about with chickens. Like we don't really have issues with diseases and things, sicknesses with our chickens. Are I have no chickens. Chase's chickens. Um, you will have chickens because you were taking will. some of mine. Yeah. Very cool. I will. Um, but so it's like you don't have those issues because of the practices that you're you're putting forth and like how much you're taking care of her and you're doing things in a certain way to make sure that 
the milk is safe, not just because you're giving it to other people, but you're, you're using it and you, you know, you want to take good care of your animals. You want them to be healthy because that's the product that you're getting from them. So you take it away from there. Absolutely. No. (laughs) And again, I just want to hit on, um, you know, she mentioned, uh, Weston A. Price, follow mm-hmm. that account on Instagram because you will learn so much, so yeah. much. And they kind of like don't hold back anymore. No, I don't know if they it. ever did, but they I just kind of like let loose. I don't know how they haven't been kicked off. I mean, they, they probably have. They like have suspended. a podcast but, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. I I listen to it sometimes if it's like a good episode, but the, the, um, the podcast, the lady that does the podcast, gah, my brain is not working. <laughs> The host yeah. of the podcast. There we go. Her voice is super annoying, uh, which is uh, which is funny because I listen to our podcast <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! If you ever want to find out how annoying you are or how awful your voice is, go ahead and start a podcast <laughs> and listen to yourself, and you you'll be count like, how many times you say um and well, like, you're like, why are people friends with me? Yeah. Like, how do I have a husband? Like, who? Like, no, how did I make it this far when I sound like that? No, I but know. It's, it's very humiliating. Uh, it? Uh, humbling? Yes, humbling. Yes, it is. A very and humbling. humiliating, which yes. is the other word. Both. Both of those it's are very accurate. But if it's a good content, then I'll listen to it. But I'm just like, yeah, I can't, I can't with her voice. Like to to be like a consistent listener. Yeah. No, I just which is bad. I just read, Sorry, Hilda. I just read all the things on uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know they had a podcast. Yeah. but I will probably look into that because I'm a nerd on mm-hmm. all those things. Um. But yeah, so and I also just want to go back really quick and backtrack on the whole like um, just processing milk to begin with. So what they do is since like you're, you're not getting like local milk, like you're getting it from any farm anywhere in the U.S. or in the world, who even yeah. knows. So what they do and I always just assume that, OK, you have one farm, they milk all their cows, they put all that milk together and a truck comes and picks that up and it's like separate from any other farm like it was just that farm's milk well what i learned was that that truck goes and picks up all that milk from that farm and then it goes to the next farm and picks up all that milk and pours that right in with the last farm's milk Mm -hmm. three four five six however many loads it's picking up yep and so all that milk gets put together and that means that you have to trust every single one of those farmers and workers that they've done the process properly that they've dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's that they made sure every single one of those cows were healthy. Nobody had mastitis or any type of infection that's going into that milk, which is now spreading with all that other milk. And then you have to, you know, be able to trust that their farming practices are clean and and nothing's getting missed, that the cows are getting wiped down and cleaned properly. No hooves are going into that bucket of milk, like all these different things. And I don't trust that. Like no. it, it came, it came down to it. I was like, I wish I had a little more faith in humanity, but no. um, especially when a what lot if somebody's of- having an off day, you know, and right. just didn't do that double check or didn't clean that thing off right. And yeah. there's just a lot of room for error in that. So that's where okay, now you have all these different farms. Now we have to completely go through this batch of milk and and get rid of everything because no they wonder. knew <laughs> that the possibility of some one of those cows being sick or there being contamination, you know, somewhere along that chain that that was high. And that's where that came into play. And then, okay, everybody wants milk, but they're not all right next to this farm in North Carolina. They're in Texas and they want the milk. So now we have to ship it out there. So it has to survive the trip. and Or like into cities. Yep, exactly. So yeah, the demand went up and the 
locations didn't change. You know, like people weren't moving like closer to farms. If anything, they were moving further away. So that's kind of where all that came about because people were getting sick, you know, Mm -hmm. and because processes, mistakes were happening or processes weren't being followed. And that is what it is. So that's kind of where all that came from. And that Mm -hmm. was just, I'm just mentioning that because that was surprising to me. I realized that that was the process but um here at our little farm <laughs> with our one cow <laughs> sunshine, there's no rainbows. milk mixing yes <laughs> so and that's another thing too like i'll only ever have one cow that we're actually like milking mm-hmm. um we definitely could do you know a couple like i have the time to do more but i just wouldn't do want you, to though? yeah right <laughs> do, do I you? Could. if i wake up at 3 a.m <laughs> um but it's you know, one cow, she, Daisy was giving us three and a half gallons a day. Yeah. My family of four goes through one gallon, maybe one and a half gallons a week. Yeah. Same. So for somebody who doesn't, you know, need three and a half gallons, even in a week <laughs> to get that per day is super excessive. So we just started, you know, giving it away. Like anybody, any of our friends, things like that. It's like, here you go for animal consumption only. Yeah. You too can own this. Milk. <laughs> so, um, so don't come after me. Um, but so our milk, yeah, like our son, you know, he still gets like a bottle at night. So he, you know, I'd prefer that over, you know, formulas and stuff like that. So he was getting the cows, but he's, he doesn't need a bottle at all. It's a comfort <laughs> thing. Um, he doesn't even drink it half the time anymore, but, um, he's going to be, he's two and a half. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a comfort thing. It helps him fall asleep. But, um, during the day and stuff like that, he'll ask for daisy milk and again, the chocolate milk and all of that. But then we also, all of our butter is raw now. I make mm-hmm. all of our butter at home because again, butter goes through the same process that your milk goes through, yep. all the heating and everything like that. So, um, you know, if you were to get store-bought butter, Kerrygold would be the only one that I would recommend. Yeah, that's um, what we use which is pretty good, but raw, you're still going to have a little more beneficial. The nutritional profile is definitely going to be better. Yep. So we do that. Um, We were doing yogurt for a while. I haven't made it in a while just because like we weren't eating it all the time Mm because we're just not like a huge yogurt family in general. But um, when I make it, we do eat it. Um, Sometimes we have to throw some of it out because we can make quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You put in like the large Instapot. um, So we, you know, you do heat that up, but not nearly as hot. Mm-hmm. So I think you only do like 110 degrees or something like that. Well, there is a way that you cannot heat it yes. up. And, <laughs> yes. yes. I sent you that and you were like, I'm not there it's yet. there for a long time. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I'm not there yet, but yes, you could definitely do raw yogurt that way too. Um, like cheeses I chose just like the lighter heating yeah. method, which again, doesn't kill everything off. It just warms it just enough, um, to like separate and do all the things. But we have that. There's cheese, which I haven't gotten to yet, but I definitely do plan this summer. Like that's on my list of oh, things to do. Supposedly, you can buy raw cheese at Food Matters. Well, I'm not making cheese now. So I'm just gonna go buy. No, just I don't know. Not, yeah, I haven't. But I, I saw somebody like talking about. It, I heard somebody talking about it. I haven't gone since I heard that to mm-hmm. look. But that's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Also, don't get them in trouble. <laughs> it's for the dogs. It's raw well, cheese I, for I, animals. I think that. I don't know, maybe because of the way that it's processed, like raw cheese is like easier to come by. I don't think oh. it's like, but apparently you used to be able to buy raw milk at Food Matters like a long time ago mm. too, but you can't anymore. They got so. busted. Mm, yeah. They I don't a, know how a, all that works. Yeah. Me and Nancy go in there and tattletale on them. Um, so, um, but yeah, so we'll definitely be doing cheese and stuff like that. So mm. again, three and a half gallons a day, that's way too much for our family. Um, that's way too much for many families. <laughs> 
Um, Unless you got like 10 kids. <laughs> yeah. And even then, I don't know, three and a half gallons a day is wild. But um, so you make a lot of things out of yeah. that milk as well. So it's not just for drinking. Um, and like then when again, you make sourdough, you use like your milk, obviously. And I don't use milk in sourdough. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, I don't. It's water. Obviously, I don't water and flour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I usually make them like at the same time. It's like yeah. if I'm going to be in the kitchen Do all for the a whole day. Yes. Like I might as well make all the farm things that day. Um, so that my kitchen looks like a bomb went off <laughs> once a week instead of every day. But, um, but again, we just love being able to gift it to our friends and family and neighbors and stuff like that. So, um, and yeah. we love it too. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes. And yeah, it's like, I love like when people's kids are, you know, love it. And they're like, you know, a couple of friends at the gym, they're like, this is the only milk our, our daughter can drink, you know? And well, this I was love that. Definitely. Cause I was trying to figure out like, we're still breastfeeding like a little bit, but I'm like, I'm not going to give Sage like store mill. No. Like that was definitely a thing. And then you're like, I'm getting a dairy cow. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go. Like, yep. Perfect. And she loves, she does. She loves it. If you open the fridge, she's like, moo, yeah. moo, moo. <laughs> so cute. And it's like, again, it's like a, a full balanced meal for them. Yeah. Like that blows my mind. Yeah. So I want to hit on that. Like, yeah. Like I don't mind cows. like refilling and like, I'm like, if yep. you'll drink and she, like she's not a chunker by any no. means so it's her body's utilizing all of it like she's she runs through some energy so yeah. she needs that <laughs> yeah and like i remember reading so one of the the resources that i looked obviously youtube or like everything <laughs> nowadays i just youtube um but the one book i kept seeing come up over and over again was um like owning or raising a family cow yeah um so i got that book and i did read that before we got the cow and it just blows my mind how they can take grass which is completely useless to humans. Mm -hmm. Like your body would do, even if you did stomach the taste, your body would do nothing with that. And mm -hmm. there's no benefit that would come from that, but they can survive on that and then give you this full meal <laughs> in return. Like that blows my mind. So I just, mm -hmm. I just thought that was like one of the coolest things ever. Um, so we actually cut down on da on milking Daisy from twice a day to once a day because a she was just giving us too much milk <laughs> and I like I literally couldn't like there were times where I would pump and dump like I'd pump everything out and then it would go right down the sink because I didn't have the room in my two refrigerators <laughs> that I have now one is completely just a milk refrigerator and it's like your it's like your your restaurant grade giant refrigerator yeah. And that giving it away, us using it, it was still was too much. And again, you only have seven days. So it's not, you know, yeah. it's, it's a very short window. And I don't like giving away milk when it's like, oh, here, it's day five milk. You have two days, you know. I, <laughs> but we were like, no, give that to us yeah. because our kid will drink it. So <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Because um, it is still perfectly good. Yeah. I would just feel bad being like, you have two days, you know, um, putting that, that time limit on it. So, um, we cut her down from twice a day to once a day, which was like a controversial thing. Like you, you go on Google and YouTube and some people are going to say it's totally fine. Some people are going to say you're going to kill your I cow. I mean, as with anything. Yep. So I didn't do it for a while. I just did the two twice a day milkings. I'd go out at like 5 a.m. In, um, in the morning and then obviously a.m. So 5 a.m. And then usually like um, 6 p.m. By the time like I got home with the kids and stuff, you want to do around a 12 hour window. Um but it was just, it was a lot again, mm -hmm. like, to, like to not be using it. Like right. if it was like we were using every drop, yeah. totally fine, but it was just a ton of milk. So we dropped down to once a day milking and I knew that that would cut down on her production. Cause just like with humans, yeah. you know, supply, supply and demand. demand. Yep. Yeah. So, um, 
we now get a gallon and a half a day, which is still way too much milk because we use that in a week and we get that in a day. But then that gives us six days of milking where we can give that to friends and family and stuff like that. So that I'm wasting way less, um, which is good. You can, so my plan, I knew that I was going to get way too much milk from a cow for our small family. But I was like, oh, you know, I had read in, in the book and on, you know, seen it on YouTube that a lot of animals can drink it and it's just as good for them as it is for you. So I really thought it wasn't going to go to waste. But um, our, our older dog, Ollie, I still give it to him because it's, I think he actually does really good on it, maybe mm-hmm. because he's a little bit older. But he, he loves it. He tolerates it and, and does really well. His hips actually seem like a little bit better since he's been drinking Aww. it regularly. So that's good. But I have to only give it to him and make sure our other dog, Jada, doesn't get it because when she drinks it, she has diarrhea. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just like she goes out and like drinks the whole bowl and it's just too much. I'm when sure if I probably like running around like crazy. She's too, a wild. Yeah. <laughs> so if I gave her maybe just a little Work bit and introduced it, her, yeah. it to her. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be good. I haven't done it just cause like she's a little bit younger and she's <laughs> yeah. fine. And like the dog could eat rocks and be fine. <laughs> so she's just, she's just cruising for now, but probably one day as if I start to see like aging signs, I might start yeah. to introduce that a little bit. Um, and then our other animals just wouldn't drink it. Like the chickens, the cows, the donkeys, the goats, it would just sit out in those little buckets and I would just pour it, have to pour it out every night because it would go bad in the sun. So we didn't get to use it there as much as we would like. But again, for Ollie, he gets it. The cats, yeah. again, I was like, cats, milk. They're going to love it. No. Every now and then they would drink some of it, but <laughs> like a few, like not enough. Like but We mentioned that like cats are so finicky. They're yeah. so weird. Yeah. So like, sometimes they would healthy? drink it. No, thank you. I know. <laughs> sometimes I would, they would drink it and sometimes not. So whatever. Um, but yeah, so we're down to milking once a day. I started off hand milking, but that was take to get um, a gallon and a half, like twice a day or a little bit over that. It would take me about an hour to get mm-hmm. all of that out. It was just really time consuming. And thankfully she's a really good cow. She would just stand there. She's Very never patient. kicked. Yeah. She's never tried to like break out of her stanchion. She was super easy to train. She was not halter broke when we got her. By day two, she was halter broke. Then we didn't need the halter anymore because she would just follow me wherever I went. Mm-hmm. Um, she walked right in the stanchion. I never once had like a fight there or anything like that. She was like, oh, food, sure. Yeah. And would walk right in. She's very food motivated. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she was a super easy cow. I don't have any like she's very sweet. horror stories yeah. that like, again, you go on YouTube and if you need like some horror stories, there are some horror <laughs> stories on cows and like trying if to train them. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, I think I want a dairy cow. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe you need a reality Sometimes, Yeah. Sometimes they can be a huge pain in the butt. Um, <laughs> they're just so big. So they if they so wanted big. to like be a little naughty, mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're huge. They're going to so. do it. Yeah. yeah. You're not stopping. <laughs> but again, she's just the best. The only thing is just every now and then she somehow <laughs> wanders out of her, her thing and she doesn't go far but she just like i'm like what? you're not supposed to be over here go back over there so so yeah so that's pretty much it with her um i do put in a little bit of local feed with, with hay when i milk her so just for a little extra protein when they're milking so like if she's not milking i won't be giving her any like yeah. extra feed the grass will be fine or if it's winter we'll have ha- local hay yeah. um or it's also motivating hay. to just like 
keep her there. Yes. Like, oh, I get a special treat when I'm doing this. So I'm, I like this. Yes. And then the more feed you give them, the more milk they're going to produce. So I knew quickly, I was like, I don't want to give her that much (laughs) because again, she's, she's already milking a ton. We don't need to. Yeah. She just gets like one scoop of it. And then like a a whole, a bunch of hay in there, like good quality hay. Um, so she just like eats, you know, right through that. But, um, but yeah, so that's pretty much that. The routine is just, again, I go out around, now it's probably more like 6 a.m., milk her, get that done, bring it, bring in the milk. And I use a pump, so it's all like mm-hmm. a closed circuit, so there's no chance of like dirt or anything getting in there. Um, you know, hook up the pump, let, let that run, go do all my other chores, come back, she's done milking, take that off. I put the, um, we've mentioned it before, the Earth Mama nipple, <laughs> yeah. nipple bomb on all of our teats because they can get chapped and if they're bloody you can't milk because that can you know contaminate your milk obviously but and you don't want them like in pain like yeah. any nursing mom can understand that so <laughs> um put that on every day she runs out and then that's it that's all I have to do for her I she has water obviously and then sp- uh, spring summer and fall she's just on our grass because there's plenty of room but winter we do supplement with hay um just to kind of get her through and then that's it. So then I bring the milk inside after milking within 30 minutes, you want to get that milk into the fridge. So I bring it inside, um, you know, take the pump apart and then we use like a filter. Um, first it's like a funnel. So like you can get into like the little milk things and then you have like a little, um, mesh metal screen. And then I also use, it looks like a coffee filter. Mm. So I have like this double, um, filtration process, I guess you could say. And I just pour the milk through that into the thing. And there's rarely ever anything on those screens. Like every now and then I get like one little cow hair or like a little piece of something. But, um, we have like that closed system. So there's less opportunity. And even when I was hand milking, I would get like a couple of hairs, but it still wasn't anything crazy. Cause she's not like a big kicker. Like some cows Mm -hmm. kick a lot and they get their foot in the bucket and it's a process. But again, she just stood so still and you brush her down before you even, Oh yeah. So you brush the cow down, you brush the udders and everything like that to get, you know, shake free any, Um, dirt or debris and then I use I have a warm soap and water bucket with a rag I wipe down all of her teats um, you know really like look at the bottom make sure there's no like dirt or anything like on the actual like escape part where the milk is going to (laughs) come out Um, rub that down really good then I use a I have a clean um, bucket of water with a um, rag in there wipe it all down to get any of that soap off take a dry rag, dry it all <laughs> off. And, um, and then your teats are clean and good to go. Then I do four squirts onto the stanchion, onto the ground, uh, of the milk, just so that if there was going to be any bacteria, it's going to be in those first couple of squirts mm. because that's like just clearing whatever. the space. Yep. Yep. Like clearing the exit. Well, so, that would be like the oldest, probably like milk. milk that was like reserved in there. So just like getting it yep. out to where it's like more fresh. And again, it's, it's right against the outside. So if there was yeah. any dirt or any bacteria that you can't see yeah. that was left, it's going to come out with that milk. So you do four squirts per tea onto the floor and then you hook up or you start your actual milking. Mm-hmm. So you always do that first before, you know, before you get into it. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so then I, uh, label everything, date it, put it right into the fridge. She even puts your name on the jar. Yep. Yep. Pickups. You got your name on there. It's your special jug. Um, And then that's it. We put it right into glass so we don't do any plastic. Mm -hmm. So you're not having that whole problem, which we've talked about a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's it. So we don't do vaccines for her. We don't do shots. We're right now, we're trying to get her pregnant. She may or may not be pregnant right now. We have to have a vet come out and check. Um, But even for that, I didn't want to do the hormone shot and all that. 
So what I had to do was time her cycle, <laughs> which was super fun. Um, and I understand why people are just like, give them the shot because it's yeah. very hard to catch when a cow is fertile, just like with a human, when like you're trying to get pregnant, yeah. like timing that day. Cause with a cow, it's the day before they go into heat or the day before they bleed. So if you, if you go out and your cows in heat and actively bleeding, you missed your window mm-hmm. and it's only once a month that you can get them pregnant again, just like with a human, a cow's pregnancy is actually so similar to humans. Like even just the process of getting pregnant and then the, the, you know, birthing, everything is super similar. Um, they go nine months, just like humans do. They can have breech babies. They can have all the same like complications mm-hmm. as a human. Um, and then again, then you have your milk. So it's, it's all, it's all super similar. Um, but yeah, so we're hoping that she's pregnant. We will have a vet come out next month or in a couple of weeks and check. Um, but yeah, so I had to time her cycle, have somebody come out. We did do AI. You can rent a bull or own a bull, but you can, we would have to rent a bull. Um, but Jersey bulls are not nice. Mm -hmm. They're very aggressive. They've, they kill people every single year. And that just wasn't something we were comfortable with putting on our farm with kids. If it wasn't kids, I would kind of be like, maybe, maybe we're ballsy enough to do this. But with kids and with other animals, I just wasn't down for it. So we had the guy come out, um, the Chapmans, who are amazing. Um, he came out. We did sexed female semen in hopes that we would get another female. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So we did that. Because, again, I don't want a Jersey bull yeah. on my farm, so that would not be fun. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And so we'll see. We'll find You have a vet come out three months after um, – the process to see if it took to, or to see if she absorbed the pregnancy. So she hasn't gone into heat the last two months. So I'm <clears> assuming <throat> it took, so there might be a little baby in there. <laughs> um, but we'll see. So he'll come out and he'll check. And then when we do have a cow, we would do calf sharing. Um, I'd probably just let her and the cow, I would probably take like a week off. Like, <laughs> Hey girl, you guys do your thing. Like have all the milk you want. Um, and then we'd probably move to calf sharing where the baby drinks everything that the baby needs and we just take whatever is left. Um, and we'd probably do that until some people cut that off really early. I don't think we would. I think I would let that ride until the baby's big enough to where the baby just doesn't want to do it anymore or to where the baby's too big to where we have to put like that nose guard on to like stop the baby from nursing just because it, the baby's just too big. It'd, hmm. it, it'd be, she'd be like knocking the mom over. Yeah. Um, but normally when, once they get to a certain age and they're eating enough grass, they just stop. Yeah. Or the mom's like, get away from me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we would pretty much do that just because again, we don't need excess, like tons and tons and tons of milk. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it's really cool. Cause I follow like a couple people on Instagram who have, um, like a family dairy cow and they do the same thing. And it's, it's like, if you don't understand, it can seem like controversial. Like you're like stealing that milk from that mm-hmm. poor baby. But it's really, it was that really cool me. for me. <laughs> yeah, It was really cool for me to, to learn that like the dairy cow, like mom can naturally withhold yes enough milk. <clears throat> yep. So like, she'll let you milk her and that's totally fine. And then she's going to hold it back. She's going to hold it back. Whatever her baby's going to need, like she'll give you the extra but she can naturally hold back. And then, of course, she, like, continues to produce. She'll and let so, down for the baby. Yeah. yeah, so I learned that, too. I thought that was amazing. Like, um, a lot of the times when you're calf sharing, you're not going to get as creamy of yeah. a milk because she holds uh, – 
that's wild. Yeah. That's trippy. Like talk about like natural design. That's <laughs> freaking weird. But they'll hold back that good, rich milk and you'll yeah. kind of get this like shittier, almost like skim milk. Um, it'll but still like 2%. be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. A good 2%. Um, and it, you'll look dry. Like the pump that you'll have nothing coming out. If you're hand milking, you'll have nothing coming out and you think she is done. It even looks empty. Yeah. And like somehow like it sucks up and uh-huh. then you'll go back out. You'll come out 10 minutes later and she has full udders and you see the baby nursing and you're, and people are like, what the heck? Um, people have had real issues with that when they need more or whatever the case mm-hmm. is. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That's and super cool. yeah, that whole thing just annoys me with this. Like there's like a, a graphic that goes around of like mom, like humans breastfeeding and then like, like other animals like feeding their babies and then like a human attached to like a cow's teeth. <laughs> I mean like that's so wrong, blah, blah, blah. Like you're gross. You're terrible. Like why do we need that milk? And it's like, what are you talking about? Like people have been drinking cow's milk forever since they realized it was a thing. And again, cows can handle that. They produce so much milk that you can do for both. God designed it that way. And yeah, again, so like, yeah, that thing, I just think anything with animals, you're going to have those people that go super far one way or the other. Yeah. And yes, if, if you Google, a video of a brand new calf getting ripped away from the right. cow. That stuff is wrong. There and people should not be doing that. And those practices right. are, are awful and torturous because right. the cow does have a motherly bond to that baby. Right. So yes, like I will agree to that a hundred percent, but like a local farmer calf sharing until right. the cow is weaned itself. <laughs> yeah. And then you're still getting like a, a, a gallon a day for your family or whatever. Like, yeah. come on, everybody, everybody wins. There That's are a definitely win-win situation. extremes to every situation on both sides. And it's like somewhere in the middle is, yes is usually the 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 truth yes yes yep so yeah so that's pretty much it for owning a cow um obviously expenses for a cow you know you want to have a milk stanchion we built ours you could buy them but we just trav you know googled how to do it built Mm -hmm. ours works great um you want to obviously be able to supply a little bit of feed for while you're milking um a little bit extra hay and then obviously depending on your location are you using hay and the setup of your space? Do you have to do hay year round? Cause that will be a little bit more expensive. Like if you have a smaller yard and it's not enough natural grass for the cow, you'll have to buy hay year round that can get a little pricey. Um, but if you only have to do it in the winter, again, it depends on your budget for us. That's fine to just supplement her in the winter with some local organic hay. Um, we actually mow our fields and we go through, so we get all that bailed. Mm. So we go through that for most of the winter. And then if she needed any extra, we would go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. So if you, the, the most cost savvy way to do it is if, if you had a cow and then you had other fields that you can mow and bale yeah. that hay yourself or have somebody come in and do it. Um, the way we do it is like, we'll have like a neighbor come and mow all the, the fields, bale all the hay and then they'll take some of that hay for mm-hmm. them. So that's our payment is mm-hmm. you can have some of these and then we keep the rest. Mm-hmm. So we usually really don't have to do much. We did add a couple beef cattle. So we had to supplement a little bit. Um, but if you are going to supplement, like you want to make sure you're getting it, it, local would be great, but organic hay, because if not, you'd be getting pesticide treated. Right. Yeah. Grass. So 
that's something to look for. And obviously the organic is going to be more expensive, but do what you can do. Well, and just like talk to whoever it is. Cause it might not be labeled organic, yep. but it's like, Hey, let's have a conversation. Like hey. what do you spray? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you spray your fields with? Or do you spray your fields? And yep. same thing when you're buying like produce or anything, like that's the great thing about farmers markets and being in touch with the people who are producing these things for you is you kind of build that relationship and you kind of learn what what's important to them and like does that align with you like are you okay with certain things are you absolutely not okay with certain things and then you can kind of choose where to spend your money based on that yeah yeah so i mean that's pretty much all i had on raw milk and our cow daisy anything cool. else you want to add or i don't think so pretty much it that's yeah pretty in detail so yeah. go get some raw milk you know wherever you can i think on that rawmilk.com don't they have areas like I if you type so. in your zip code i think so yeah if not, not you can always... find it somewhere on google because i yeah. did look it up before yeah. i think it's not always like like you're not on that site you no. know so like no. asking around i won't like, be on that site sometimes either. <laughs> yeah like, sometimes like farmers markets are like yeah. a good place to look or like asking if you're like if you have like a local like health food, like natural kind of store, mm -hmm. they either might have some or they might know where you can get some yeah. and just, you, you might have to put a little bit of work into it, but yeah. it's so worth it. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So that's it on our raw milk episode. Mm -hmm. Um, tune in next week. Uh, we are going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to talk about dog training and how it applies to humans. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard here, share it with your friends, share it on social media. We would love to grow our little community that we have going here. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at The Living Roots Podcast.